And pretending to be something that I'm not negates what I am. And, and if I can't be in relationship with what I am, then I'll never discover what I really could be. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like a fake sometimes in your life? Putting on masks, whether it's in your work or your relationships, that you just don't feel capable. And if people found out really who you are or really that you really don't know shit, it would be devastating. It would be embarrassing and humiliating. So we hide it a lot and put on a really good show. But underneath it, we don't feel that self-worth. And we have it at different times in our lives. And I believe everybody does feel that at one time or another. I have a conversation with a very good friend and colleague, Angela Porter. And let me tell you a little bit more about Angela. Angela is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Berkeley, California. She's also a certified massage therapist. She is trained in Brema body-based wisdom at the Brema Center in Oakland, California. She's also trained in Gestalt and body-centered and somatic therapies at Esalen Institute, EMDR at JFK University, and psychodynamic and counseling psychology at Berkeley's Wright Institute, and also group therapy at both Esalen Institute and the Newbridge Foundation. Angela also serves as an adjunct faculty at both JFK and CIIS, California Institute of Integral Studies graduate psychology programs which she is teaching and supervising clinical interns in their practicum. So that's a little bit about her professional credentials. On a personal note, I love Angela. I met Angela 27 years ago when I lived at Esalen Institute. We both lived there and we were in workshop programs, a work scholar program. She was also one of my supervisors in my work group and she is the godmother of my son, Xander. So we have a long distance chat. She's in Berkeley, California. I'm here in Asheville, North Carolina. And I think you will very much enjoy and exploring the imposter syndrome. Okay, everybody. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. I am really glad that you wanted to do this. We've been going back and forth a little bit recently and 
when I said, uh, hey, how about a podcast soon? And you will jump right on it. So thanks, Angela. So fun. Yeah. And so it's so nice to be, actually be connected with you a little bit from across the country. I think about you often, and, and uh, we don't get to actually meet very often. So Yeah. And you know, this month, this month would be 27 years um, from when we did the, did the workshop together. Oh, really? 27, 27 years. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. 1994. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But I think I think I met you like six months before uh, when I was at Esalen for some weekend. And uh, who is your who is your your friend? That, that Gia. You were, Gia. Gia. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to Gia. I was all acting all cool. And you were, I remember you. I was like, just shaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go, man, it's I don't like, know about no. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, I can't fool this girl. And then. Uh, <laughs> But we became really good friends. So sweet. I'm glad we're doing this. I remember the conversation. I remember the conversation that was the the, the turning point. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I felt like an imposter syndrome in in me uh, coming up like that. I know that I was probably, I was probably embellishing a little bit of what the hell I was saying to impress the hell out of her. I don't know what it was, but probably something like that. And I was watching you, just going like, "Oh God." How long is this going to go on? Exactly. Um, but, but you know, but, but meeting each other at Esland, I think like that's a sweet part around starting this with imposter syndrome because there was something about with uh, being at Esland and and we were there for a couple years of of being able to really understand what our authenticity was. Like mm -hmm. we couldn't we the bullshit we would call each other out. You would mm -hmm. call me out, you know. And, I would call you out. We'd had these long talks and about like, hey, is that really how you want to be? Is that really what you're feeling and thinking? I, I don't know. You know, we would check in with each other about are we putting on, you know, something that's not authentic. And and uh, and that really helped me shed for me the uh, need for uh, approval and people pleasing, because I know, especially with our friendship that you loved me even more when I was just the fuck who I was mm. and not and not trying to act like I knew all these cool things that I was learning and all that stuff. So well, because, because, because I, I mean, at the most basic, the most basic level, like it's so hard to trust anything and trust anyone and for me, I can't trust someone unless I can feel them. And if someone is trying to perform for me and I feel that they're performing, then I don't understand what is our relationship. And as soon as the performance goes away, regardless of whatever their flaws or abilities are, I can feel you then. And then I know where we are with each other. And I feel like we got there pretty after, – after a little bit of tug of war and arm wrestling. We got there pretty well in our relationship, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And over these, like, 27 years, we've been kind of holding each other to <laughs> do that. You know, we've been holding each other to just, like, checking in with each other, just going deep about, hey, you know, how are you really feeling about that? So mm. I, I so appreciate our relationship in that way. How as a as a as a counselor and now a professor, I'm going to throw that out. <laughs> you're you're now teaching at uh, JFK and and uh, CC 
CIIS. It's the California Institute of Integral Studies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you're you're teaching now. So you see a lot of up and coming therapists, counselors. Do you see them walking around or exhibiting aspects of the imposter syndrome and and uh, or the imposter phenomenon? Yeah, I mean, I really think it's a part of the um, culture of, I would say, America, or if not the United States, and definitely um, graduate students. It's 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 so funny, really, this underlying expectation that we need to act as if we know everything, and. And so we do it, it's like this performance of self-image for each other and for our clients. And, uh, and then when I, I do a lot of supervision, so I get them uh, in supervision and in groups and, and we talk a lot about imposter syndrome. I think it's one of the biggest topics that come up because they feel like imposters. Like, I don't know how to help anybody. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I didn't learn how to do therapy in graduate school. And I say, no, you know, you don't learn it in graduate school, but you learn it in your internship. So, so mess up, you know, make mistakes. It's probably the, one of the biggest things I have to keep reinforcing for the students is that this is, this is the time in your internships, et cetera, is to make make mistakes. Well, isn't that so out of the cultural norm about mistakes? I think that that's, we don't have a lot of leaders and politicians don't come out and what's going on, you know, in our world right now. Nobody's really saying, you know what, we made a really fucked up, uh, you know, mistake on lockdown or this or that, you know, nobody's really calling themselves out uh, fear of losing jobs or losing their position, losing their uh, people emanating them. But if we modeled, and I think that that's hopefully what parents and partners do for each other is to like call call ourselves out and say, no, I made a mistake. I really, I really, <laughs> the other day Rainbow was, uh, uh, she had a table that was downstairs and um, she said, hey, um, hey babe, it had, that table had a little mold on it too. And I thought, Oh man, I'm gonna get. I can get away with this. And real quickly, I said, "No." I said, "Honey, that's not mold. I put a hot, a hot plate on that thing, and that's that's burnt." <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and she looked at me like, "Uh huh." And like, I could have, I, you know, if I didn't like call myself out in some way with like, "Yeah, you know, I made a mistake." Instead of constantly feeling like, "Oh, I can't make a mistake around her. She's gonna get upset and carry that on." I got to be the best partner that I do everything right for her, so she doesn't get angry at me. There's a lot of people walking around in families like that, yeah. and and you know and you know really to 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 <clears throat> strike a a bit of a sad chord with that. Uh, so many of the kids that I see in this profession, and so much of the adolescent and young adult suicide rate is 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 exactly about that not having permission to make mistakes, not feeling like they're good enough no matter what they do, like they'll never live up to the expectations that life has put upon them. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a pretty serious and pervasive disease um, as part of our culture. Mm-hmm. 
and even probably the, the the young people are looking up to some of their idols and their celebrities that they can't be like them and probably those idols and celebrities are feeling the imposter syndrome themselves a lot of successful people feel that they mm. feel like you know uh, i gotta am i good enough i always have to have that next hit for people to to really like me if they only knew who i really was so I, I think that there's levels of disease around it and there's level of also normalcy for mm. some of us, some most people at some time in their life, they felt like uh, an imposter that they, I know in, in a work environment, a lot of people feel like that. I did when I was in the corporate world, that was not my innate gift. And I was in a, a, a corporate setting that was technical and I didn't know that stuff. I was faking it. I didn't know how to read blueprints and I acted like I knew what I was doing. Um, I remember when I was being interviewed to see my proficiency in Japanese, I was being interviewed over the phone. And I thought, cool, I'm gonna be interviewed over the phone by a Japanese person. So I put all kinds of notes on the floor, like you know, notes around my, my time in Japan, notes around work, notes around my personal life. So when they asked me questions, I could get like maybe every third or every fourth word of, oh, family. And I would, I would use a patent answer that maybe wasn't exactly to the question. And I got by and they said my proficiency was okay, but I totally faked that. I totally faked that. And I, I, I still felt that, you know, I was going into, into that work and stay there for a bit, like, I'm not like these other guys. Um, I did okay. I excelled pretty good. But um, that's when I had to quit because I knew that I wasn't living my authenticity, that I mm. felt like an imposter and I had mm. to find myself. Mm. Mm. It's so beautiful. And it really is so, it's so great that you're um, having this as the topic on your podcast because even just having the conversation about it, I think hopefully brings some relief to to the people listening, the, the feeling that I can just drop my shoulders and be myself, take some of the weight off that overwhelming expectation to pretend that we're something that we're not. Um, I mean, I guess I think imposter syndrome in some ways is undervaluing or underestimating ourselves. But then it is also, I mean, I mean, who hasn't? Even who hasn't even pretended that they were a little bit more or allowed someone else to believe that you are something that you're not. I mean, really, it, I think it happens all the time. And, and, and the misfortune there is that <clears throat> I don't feel like we can, as human beings, I don't feel like we really can feel our inherent okayness and our inherent wholeness or connection to life as long as we're functioning with some sense of negation about ourselves and pretending to be something that I'm not negates what I am. And, and if I can't be in relationship with what I am, then I'll never discover what I really could be. Mm. Oh, that's you know? beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and if we're negating all of these parts of ourselves, whether it's inside or the physical aspect, when we negate that part of ourselves, we we bury that. We don't want to show that. And we only want to compensate for the positive or the other things that we think people want to. And that becomes more and more fake because that's mm. not 
really who we are. And I think what you said is really powerful about if we just shared this with each other, you know, share the aspect of humility and humbleness around feeling like a fake, feeling like an imposter. There's a, there's a term that I read, it's called pluralistic ignorance. And that's when we doubt ourselves privately, but then we don't share our doubts with other people because we think that they don't see what we see. But if we did share that with them, they would see us differently and they would share their own doubts with us. Mm. And what better way to, to come down from that uh, spiral of self-deprecation than to, to share our humanness. So beautiful, really. And this idea of, that we have to, I mean, kind of like, so we pretend, you know. And I think the first thing is to be like, okay, well, so what? We pretend. But is in my pretending, is a, am I able to experience what I wish to experience in my life? Am I able to connect in the way that I wish to connect? You know, because really often I know when I'm pretending, it's because I want to I want to experience something often with someone else that I don't think I will be able to experience if I don't pretend. Mm. But it's the actual pretending that blocks me from that experience because I'm not with myself. I mean, I guess what I think is about imposter syndrome is that in some ways, when we're not connected to our to our essential nature, when we're not connected to ourselves and being ourselves, we're all being imposters. That's right. And then the question is, wow, why, why am I doing that? Yeah. And, and usually it's because I want to, I want to connect. I want to, I want to be loved. I want to be received. I want to be validated, you know, by something outside myself, which is fine, which is wonderful. But if I'm not doing that for myself, within myself, no matter what I am, if I'm great, if I'm not great, um, if I'm not if I'm not acknowledging myself, can I receive that validation? Even I think that right. even sets up that whole other topic of um, you know why we're so consumptive in this culture. It's like we're so empty. We always need more, 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 more because uh, we're not here. We're not even here enough to, to receive ourselves as we are. We always think we have to be something else. So we block our capacity, like our receptors for receiving aren't lined up with who we are. And so we don't receive. And so we always need something else to make us feel better. Right. Yeah. The proliferation of our society with buying and accumulating more and more, we'll feel better about ourselves. And then in, in families or, or in partnership, then we, when we have two people that are doing that, they're, they're constantly having a relationship with more of the the fake side of themselves it's not a real authentic relationship because of the fear if i really show up will mm. my partner love me they'll leave me and so mm. forth and and we i think i see that with sabotage you know i think that like when people have affairs they're self-sabotaging the relationship in mm. some way that they feel that um that they're not getting what they want they are looking for something else and if they get fulfilled by something else, another person in their life, that might fulfill them instead of being really honest and open to their partnership of really what it is that they need instead of feeding of this ego, especially around 
appreciations or acknowledgement, a lot of times affairs start off because you're being seen by this other person. It's not mm. just a sexual thing. It's like, wow, this person loves, loves the sight of me, giggles to everything that I say, and they think that I'm wonderful. And we start feeling this image of who we are with this other person. And we're trying to fulfill that instead of coming back into more integrity in our relationships. I think you're so good, so great that you said that, and that you that you you probably you probably encounter that a lot in your work with couples. I think probably that's it. Like, I, who doesn't want the person that's telling tell him telling me that I'm great rather than the one that tells me that I stink or that I need to lose weight or that I need to you know wash the dishes or you know, yeah, we want to be in this kind of perpetual experience maybe of, um, of pleasure. And uh, it's interesting because we don't grow from that. We really don't grow. We don't really grow from that experience so much. Mm-hmm. I think where we grow in partnership in that positive appreciation is when it's deep felt, heartfelt exp- mm. ex- expressions to our partners. Then therefore, I know when Rainbow reflects some appreciation to me, I can fill up with that part of me, even if I have a doubt, I can fill up while she sees me. Ooh, there's a part that she does see me that feels so good. And if we're doing that to each other, then there's not this lack of self-worth and self-esteem that I'm in that feeling Mm. of imposter walking in my life. If she acknowledges that appreciation of who I am, I think that's one way that couples could really feed the antidote in some way to Mm. the imposter syndrome in their relationship. Mm. Yeah, real, real, real um, acknowledgement or real seeing. I mean, but then that's like that's a whole, that's a whole depth. Wow, to get to because if I really want want to be able to see you, I have to be able to really see myself. Yourself, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have to be willing to see maybe the stuff that's not so great. And that whole thing in relationships about taking responsibility for how I am, how I am, you know, uh, when I'm not so great. This is hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. And so, yeah, agreed. And and then and then if I can do it, if I can acknowledge, because the thing is, is that. Real things come from real, you know. So I have to be in some reality in um, where does that come from? Where does that real, that real part come from? Because, you know, I have to say, people, there's so many people that I've met, I think, that, that talk about authenticity, that talk about reality, But how do you access that? Where does it come from? How do you get to it? If everything in the society is telling you everything should be shiny on the outside and polished and perfect and keep striving, striving, striving to be more and better, that's my template for participation. How do I come to something real? Yeah. That's that's an incredible experience for us to come to that either with ourselves or at times to capture it in a relationship. What when you were talking 
um, a memory came up for me of when many years ago I got a letter from the IRS and it was like, you know, you fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And I remember going, oh man, I got, I'm going to go tell Rainbow, like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And I walked in the bedroom and she was reading and I sat down and I said, hey, babe, like, I really messed up, you know, and I told her a little bit about it. And I thought I was going to get them, you know, that's okay, honey. And her her response was, yeah, you messed up. And I remember pausing on, that is not the fucking response I want. Are you kidding me? And she looked at me and she said, yeah, you messed up, people. Mess it up. You've got to mess life up. You got to just mess it up so you can just feel it out. And I'm just like, oh, babe, that's just so beautiful. You know, like it allowed me to not like put in that, that, fake part that i knew everything that i was that i should be doing in life and lo and behold like a month later i got a letter from the irs again so oops our bad oh. you didn't, didn't mess up you know <laughs> yeah it was crazy you know but the feeling of that i had to keep all my shit together and here's this person that i'm in a relationship with going like no you're a human being you don't have to keep your shit all together that's so a fact don't keep name when you don't have your shit together that's right. so that you can have your shit together so beautiful yeah. It's so it's instinctive though, isn't it, in us? Yeah. This fear of not keeping it all together. I mean, not that, that we should be spilling ourselves on the sidewalk every day, all day, but because that's a different syndrome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this expectation that we always have to be put together. Yeah. You know? And I think that we we had this anxiety and worry that, you know, if if we if we don't have it together, all these terrible consequences are going to happen. Mm. Granted, there might be some, but for instance, like workaholism, I think that like people self sabotage that part of I got to keep this thing up. If I if mm. you know, especially if there's an imposter syndrome there that they feel that they're faking. I know that there was times where I felt like I've got to work my ass off to show that I know what I'm doing, mm. because if they find out, so I would just you know work harder and, until until that did not work, you know, mm. and, that, and that part didn't work. And, and uh, so I think that sometimes we think that if we mess up the anxiety of us messing up, that there's going to be huge consequences. And if we have an experience that, okay, we messed up and maybe we won't get fired or maybe instead of being an inspiration, you know, to somebody else saying, you know what, I didn't do that right. I'll, I'll try that better. That, that report that I gave you had had some bullshit in it, and I didn't spend enough time on it. I, I'll, I'll do that again. That would be beautiful. Yeah, I I, I find myself actually doing that quite a bit. Um, I mean, this is there's so much to say on this topic in terms of um, like where that expectation comes from and where it lives with lives in us in the pace of our society. Which, which doesn't often really give you the room to like not be on top of it all the time. But I think to find some place in your life where you can just let go, mm-hmm. where you can fall apart, where you can be yourself, where you can say, I made a mistake. I mean, I think it's survival. I think it's, I think it's gonna, it's gonna be what allows us to survive. Um, ultimately mm-hmm. and it, and to and to reconnect with or to connect with the real capacity of what it means to be human you know is that, isn't that interesting that 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 
aspect of survival. A lot of people stay in the imposter syndrome because of the fear of not surviving. And instead, what you're saying is actually being getting out the, the truth of who we are in order for us to really survive. That's true. To, to, and feel some aliveness. I mean, so much of the work that I do um, now I've, I, is, is that people, I work a lot in, um, with people that are in the tech industry, all different aspects of the te- tech industry, from the legal aspects or the, the um, um, it's so funny because they, <laughs> tech, tech industry people, <laughs> they have all these meetings all day long as they're just having all these meetings. I'm saying, what are you meeting about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Would you actually do something? <laughs> I mean, because you're having so many meetings, it's crazy. Uh, but so much of the, that world is just appearance. That's so much about just appearance. And so I get people coming, they want to know how to be alive in their life, how to be in relationship with other people. And it's always, always, always about that relationship with, 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 with myself. Mm. Where am I connected? Where do I, where do I feel the electricity? Of the, where do I actually experience a life force moving through me? Where do I connect to that? Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, um, I think that uh, I mean, it's such a huge topic that, that if we don't learn how to start really looking at all the mistakes that we've made with some acceptance compassion yeah that we're going to drive ourselves right out of existence because mm. we have to be able to say hey i took a wrong turn we took a wrong turn right. got to stop pretending we know what we're doing here yeah. let's turn this buggy around and get 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 where we need to which is <laughs> yeah, keeping yeah. this facade up, whatever the facade is, if it's a society facade, if it's a political facade, whatever that's external from us, we're seeing that happen every day instead yeah. of in some way, like you're saying, it's starting with us, with ourselves of saying, it, you know, it's how freeing that is. I know at times when I really am able to just, you know, just be prepo, like, like you know, it's. It, it's rather easy when we when we really allow ourselves to do that, just be ourselves, not play all that game, the strategic of me being myself, how is that going to affect other people? If I'm really aligned with who I am, then if everybody is just these pieces of the puzzle, don't don't be your shape. You won't be my shape. Let's let's be these pieces of the puzzle and these unique beings and really show up in that way. And but we're not taught that way, you know, especially from early ages of uh, even in family dynamics. Like uh, I, I was working with somebody who told me that their their brother was an excellent athlete. And he got all this attention. She was an artist, pretty good, but she never got the attention. So she grew up in this life with the aspect of imposter syndrome because she always felt that there were she could never be good enough for her parents or other people after that. 
instead of just being just her unique stuff with her art of her expression. She always tried to do other people's art after that instead of hers. And when she finally found her own art, which was mm. pretty unique, she felt the aliveness. She got the uh, acknowledgement, more aspects of whatever success in her life by being more of who she is. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is. It's, I, it, to me, it's a, <clears throat> I, well, I just wanted to say actually what I was thinking about when, <laughs> when you were talking was um, when you came to Esalen and coming out of that corporate situation and just watching you kind of unfold from all of that and then looking at who you are now and just really allowing yourself to be you. And I think that there's a certain, I mean, it took some years, maybe even some decades for you to, to let go that much. But um, that trust in your direction really speaks to a, this corporate life is not the life for me. I need to follow uh, my heart. I need to follow my essence and my calling to participate in life in a different way. And to keep listening for that and following that, sometimes you come to a dead end, but something, some other opportunity will open up. And I think that um, just really seeing you unfold in this way over the decades that I've known you um, is so so beautiful and so heartening because you're nothing but at this point but yourself and. Um, it really is so lovely, and I think it's such a lovely way to, and an essential way to be in life. And it takes a tremendous amount of, I want to say, courage, but also um, faith, not in the religious way, but I think a confidence in your in your true nature that that you are connected to a bigger picture, and that that bigger picture there's a source that's that's feeding you in some way and that really you were put on this earth to be you there's no other reason that you're here except to really be you and to fulfill what that is whatever it is mm. that's your obligation mm. wow that's beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful just in that insight but also the personal insight that you had with me and that you see me in that way i i love you angela it's so so beautiful to <laughs> to feel that i remember like walking in the lodge one day with this long magenta silk robe and i remember you just looking like yeah okay he's doing he's, <laughs> he's experimenting he's doing his thing whatever <laughs> whatever he's doing the, and this there was always this expression that came to me that i still have is just trust in my life's path i have no freaking idea like what it is when you were talking about like that unfolding that i was experiencing i had no idea what i was unfolding to i just felt like i have to just trust my life's path to unfold to taste and be who, more who who i am yeah that's so beautiful i mean i mean it's and that's scary if that's but that's real i think we miss so much of life when we don't do that you know we live these trying to live these cookie cutter lives based on who we're supposed to be rather than who we are so of course there's an imposter syndrome going on there I mean, how to give people the courage to, to just begin to feel inward and ask themselves, 
what 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 is this given life? What do I wish it to be? What feels the most true to me? You know? Yeah. I don't know where I've read this, but it's similar to the thought of somebody said, you know, if when we die and, you know, we we meet the great spirit, you know, the question might just actually just be, were were you Prepo? Were you Angela? Mm. You know, mm. were you this gift that I gave you? Did you discover yourself? And ooh, if that's the game, it's a it's a beautiful game. It's not an easy one, but that's the great game in town for us. I to I think that I think that is the question. I have a card on my desk that says, "If I am not I, who will be?" Mm. Yeah. Wow. I love this topic, imposter syndrome. I mean, I want to go out now and be an imposter so I can. <laughs> <laughs> Break free from that. Uh, <laughs> but playing is fine and pretending is fine as long as I know, you know, what's true and I can find some way in my life to be that. Because, again, like I said, I think that's my only obligation. Exactly. And, and you know, I really want to just reiterate to people, too, like healthy self-doubt is normal. You know, so that to me is not like the imposter syndrome bar. Like when you have self-doubt and, and, it, and it's normal to have that, it's what we're doing with that aspect mm. of understanding what the doubt is. Is it true? Is it always true? How, how are we faking ourselves? How are we being dishonest to ourselves? That's probably the biggest imposter syndrome, right? Is not to other people. It's more about, am I lying to myself? of who I am or what I feel and what I think. I think that's, that's probably when I think about it like that to me is like the bottom foundation of imposter syndrome and, and really that there's a lot of sadness that comes up to me around yeah. at, at times that, that I was faking my own self out. Well, and because if I'm lying to myself, why am I doing that? If I'm lying to myself about who I am and what I'm doing, why am I doing that? And if I'm lying to my partner about who I am and what I'm doing, why am I doing that? Why, why am I diminishing my life and myself to pretend something that's not true? Is whatever it's giving me, is whatever it's giving me worth the cost of myself? Hmm. You know? It usually has something to do with fear. It usually has something to do with being afraid we're going to lose something. But if I've already lost myself, there's, I've already lost everything. There's nothing else for me to lose. And if I can stand in, my, in, my, in the truth of, of my behavior or who I am, the only possibility then is opening to receive support to get where I need to go. Really, that's the possibility. It seems so simple, really. <laughs> Professor, yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if I think life is fundamentally, everything is, is given and it's support. Life is supporting life. All I can do is either close up to it or open and, and open and receive. And I see in your life, and really I feel so much more and more in my own, 
that trust and, and receptivity, you know, is actually because I, when I finish my life on this earth, I actually want to, to know that I, that I was here and that I lived. And I want to feel that. I want to feel my life. I want to feel my connection to life. And, uh, and if I can do that, or I should say doing that, is only possible when I am not pretending. Mm. And if I am pretending, I know it's because I'm afraid. And so then I, wanna, I want to be in relationship with that fear so I can come to the bottom of it, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not any less connected or included or a part of life than anyone else, you know. And it's only these imaginary games, like you were saying, that we play with each other. You have more money, or you have a different position, or you have this skin color, or you have something. It's it's a game, and it's a pretend game. No one can be no one can be better than anybody else, except in an imaginary game in our minds that we we buy into. But in terms of our essential connection and to life and and the thing that we're made of, we all come from the same source. We're all going to die at some point and go back to the earth. And so, yeah, my only possibility is to be myself. And I love who you are. (laughs) (laughs) I so do. Wow, thank you so much for journeying with me on this. This was beautiful. Oh, yeah. I hope so. I hope uh, so. God, there's yeah. so much so much to explore here. Yeah. And what's beautiful, <laughs> I mean, we've been, you know, going back and forth a little bit, but we haven't had a conversation, you know, to this depth like we used to always have many years ago. And we just picked it right up, babe. <laughs> we just did. So yeah. good to so good to see you, man. Love you so yeah. much. And 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 we always do. Like can see not see you for a few years and then here we are in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to make a trip across the country to see you guys soon. Absolutely. We would love that. (laughs) Thanks so much, man. And before I let you go, one, I hope you got something out of this, some contemplation about the imposter syndrome, how you show up in in your life. And if some of this resonates, don't get down on yourself. You know, have a lot of compassion. It's not easy showing up and being authentic and showing up in the world in a way to only be you. This is a journey, and I encourage all of you to be you. I want you to be you. I want to be me. I want you to be you. So, like I say, please have self-compassion on this journey and this realization that some of the things came up and maybe some of the uh, awarenesses that came up are beneficial for you to understand that you are not alone. You are not alone. I am here with you. Though we're far apart, you're always in my heart. (laughs) I don't know if that it was part of the line, but I like it. 
So I'm just sending lots of love out to everybody. And before I let you go, I just want to mention that I'm doing my live Zoom couples workshop again on the power of appreciation. And I'm doing that the day before Valentine's Day, February 13th, Sunday, from 1 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So check it out on my website, prepo.com. I would love to see you there. It's a wonderful gift to give each other on Valentine's Day. And you're welcome to follow us on Instagram at Prepo Teplitsky and also on Twitter. All of those links are in the show notes. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. I really, really hope that you make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.